our next guest is no stranger to film festivals, having worked in them for almost two decades. Starting in distribution and exhibition in London, Paul Struthers' work had him going all around the world, working at some of the biggest film festivals. He's currently a programming consultant at Sydney Film Festival and a part of the Programmers of Colour Collective. Paul Struthers, thank you so much for talking to Film Festival Guide. Kyle Goldfinch, thanks for having me on. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into film festivals? I've always, like, since I was a kid, teenager, I've always been a massive uh, film enthusiast. I remember when I was 12 or 13, I picked up a now defunct magazine called Neon Magazine. And I just got obsessed with cinema. I started making some short films in high school. And then I just thought, to the displeasure of my parents, I'm going to go and study film. So I went and studied film in London. And when I finished, studying film I realized I wasn't a genius filmmaker and I said to myself I'm going to work in different aspects of the film industry to understand the marketplace so that once I'm ready to make films again and I'm better the films will actually be seen so it's not about making for the marketplace it's about understanding the marketplace what would you then take back what would you tell your younger self in terms of making films for the marketplace i think number one the most important thing and look i was always passionate about films i remember i went to see uh sean he did the film 24 7 uh british director sean something i saw his film at edinburgh film festival and he did a press conference and he said this is the best advice he said you have to make 20 shit short films and then the final one's going to be good and by that point then you're ready to make a feature I think a lot of young filmmakers not even young filmmakers of all ages think they're going to make one short film and it's going to be their calling card and it's going to open them up to this illustrious career okay yeah it happens to one in a million or one in a hundred million but the reality is you have to keep churning them out you know and don't wait five years take each one like nowadays with low budget equipment just go out and make and make and make and each one is going to get better and better and better and then once you feel ready then that's the time to start trying to get more funding, trying to get it into more top two festivals. I think that's the thing, just keep making and making. And secondly, the second most important, or just as equal as the first, watch films. Go to film festivals and watch short films. You know, like a lot of my background is in queer cinema. I worked at Frameline and Queer Screens Mardi Gras Film Festival. And to queer filmmakers who want to make a film, go and watch some queer films. Think about the genre you're interested in making and see what else is out there and try to ensure you're, if you're going to use a similar storyline, do it differently, do it wildly different or just don't do it at all and do something completely wild. Like we always joke that it's hard to find gay short uh, comedies across the LGBTQ plus, well, there's your niche. Go out and make some funny queer shorts. You've got a good chance of 
getting into a festival because it's hard to find good ones. Yeah. To answer the question, make, make, make until you're good. Watch, watch, watch until you see where the gap in the market is for you. I love that. I love, you know, that's a really great thing. I think that's really important to hear for our audience. I want to go back because I, I feel like it's really interesting. You looking at your bio, you started out as a sales agent. You worked at a sales agent. And I'm really curious for our audience. I, I want to ask you about, you know, what is a sales agent and how could that be very different to say a distributor? So a sales agent, and good question, because I think a lot of people have no idea what a sales agent is. And when I say that I've worked for a sales agent, they think I'm probably selling in power tools to BW or something. But basically, a sales agent is the sort of middle ground between, uh, before a distributor, the sales agent is a company that will take on a film, sometimes from script stage, from rough cut stage, from seeing it at a festival, even earlier if the boss of the sales agent or the head of acquisitions has a relationship with the filmmaker, they basically are the company that will take your film to market. For example, a film will get a sales agent and then at the market in Berlin or Cannes, they will be having screenings of the film, even if the film isn't in the festival, they'll be having market screenings to distributors because their job really is to get the film picked up from all the territories via perhaps one distributor or via multiple distributors. They're basically taking your film to encourage distributors to pick up your film for uh, the market you distribute in. I want to ask you, you, you know, you moved from Sydney to uh, f- do Frameline. You were the director of programming and exhibition at Frameline. I want to ask you how the, how you think the audience differs um, internationally from country to country and, and how you felt like the audience in Sydney differs from uh, the audience in San Francisco. Audiences are somewhat similar. I think the, the main difference in audiences between America and Australia and I can talk about for Sydney and for the Bay Area because America is a big country obviously audiences are different all over same with uh, Australia and I would just say the thing that always was funny about uh, the Bay Area audience they're very vocal like if they love something, they'll click their fingers, stamp their feet, clap. They don't like something, they'll hiss. <laughs> they will hiss. You know, they'll really hiss. And I think when they really love something, they will give standing ovations, whereas Sydney audiences are great. They're just slightly more reserved. But I think overall, both audiences really celebrate difference, i.e. looking at films that aren't necessarily about their experience or who they are and also from different countries. And what I love about both is like, they really support and celebrate local content. So if you are a local filmmaker, like make films about subjects that 
your local audience will know, you know, like people want to see stuff about things close to home. Just make sure the way you're telling it and portraying it isn't run of the mill, you know, like look at it from a different lens or film it a different way. You know, I think it's just about coming at things from a different point of view because often it's 2021, a lot of things we've seen before and to keep seeing it is rather boring, you know? You worked on the, uh, you worked on one of, uh, as part of the programmers of Colour Collective. I want to ask you kind of how that came about and uh, how, how you got involved. Oh yeah, a few years ago at Sundance, there was a talk about, uh, oh, maybe it wasn't a talk, it was a meetup with uh, programmers of colour, but I didn't know about it. And then a few months later, I was with my new friend, Temba, who works at uh, the Berlin Alley in D9. And I was like, oh, we should do a panel around programmers of colour. And then I can't remember how the idea we came up. We saw, oh, let's, maybe we should start a collective. And then we contacted a few people and then, me, Lucy from Tribeca, Hussein, previously of Sundance Now Filmbook and Tembo started this collective. And we just thought it was important to start a collective so that, because the film industry, sometimes it can be, sometimes it can be challenging for BIPOC folks because there's not so many of us. So we felt like it was a good chance where at various festivals, we'd have a meetup so that, we could just talk about whatever we wanted to feel heard and seen. And it was just a great thing. We did our first panel at Berlin. We've had events at Toronto, Cannes, Tribeca, Frameline, various others. And it's been going for over two years. And we've actually in the process of announcing some major funding from a major institute in the US and the main work we're doing at the moment is really saying to the film industry, we exist, we do exist and that we want to work. Do you know what I mean? We want to work in the industry. So we have a newsletter and we advertise jobs to, we have over 300 members and it keeps growing. So it's, it's the beginning, it's been going for two years, it's the beginning, but once we get this funding, We'll be doing an, a lot more as well, which we can announce sooner. It's, it's a safe space for BIPOC programmers of color. And yeah, I'm super proud of what we've done. And yeah, we're gonna keep doing more and get more uh, members from here. Amazing. Where, um, where can people find more information about the collective? Uh, if you just look up uh, Programmers of Color Collective on Facebook, there's a Facebook group. You can also look up the Programmers of Color Collectives.org and you can join. Thank you so much for talking to me today on Film Festival Guide. Okay, well, thanks for having me. I'm super proud of all you've achieved and all you're going to achieve. And yeah, congrats on this fantastic radio show. I think the filmmaking community and beyond will really enjoy listening to all these segments that you've been making. So congrats.